As a prayer warrior, we need to know how to touch God's heart. It's not all about apostolic grit. It's just as much about intimacy. This is Jennifer LeClaire, and I want to present to you today a tremendous teaching on touching God's heart. Listen in as Pastor Joy shares a deep revelation. You really got to listen to this more than once. Listen in to part one of this impactful teaching. Beware, it's deep. Hey everyone, this is Joy Partman, Awakening House of Prayer, Birmingham, coming today to give you part one of a two-part teaching entitled Touching God's Own Heart. This is very special to me. I was in a time of prayer and fasting uh, when I got this message, and what happened was I was before the Lord in my time of fasting, and all of a sudden, I heard the beat of God's heart. It was just an awesome experience. I I just heard the beat of his heart. And I heard him say, Joy, you're in my heart. And when I heard that, it just, it, it did something in my life. And then I began to study this about David in Acts 13, 22. It says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. The Greek word for after in this means touching. That's how I found out that this is touching God's own heart. When we do his will, when we do God's will and we come like David. And, you know, David was also quick to repent. I love that. And you know what? His desire was to do God's will. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of worship and he was a man of war. So I'm seeing that this is something for us today in the times we're living in. That's why I felt led to bring this teaching to us today. And so as I began to study this after this experience with the Lord, the Lord gave me an analogy of the human heart that will help us understanding his heart. So we will see how we can live in the heart of God day by day through obedience and faith. When God created man, he had a divine design in creating the human body, which I believe is a beautiful message for us. He placed the human heart in the center of the body. And that is where all life flows as the blood is pumped throughout the body, supplying oxygen and nutrients, as well as removing carbon dioxide and other waste. So this is a picture of our relationship with the Lord. He is to be the center of our life, for it is only through this vital union with Him that all life flows in and through us. So this is living in His heart, as the title of this teaching decreed and declared to touch God's own heart. And then we're going to look into the life of a mighty woman of God, Esther. She touched the heart of a king. So through her story, we will see a beautiful picture of us touching the heart of our King, our Lord Jesus Christ, and how God is calling us to be united together with Him, to walk in the power of the Spirit, alive to His heart, to His purposes, His plan, His will, and desires for us, for us individually, for us corporately, for our ministries, God is in the center. He wants to be in the center. He wants us to experience living in his heart day by day. So the human heart is a fist-sized organ made mostly of muscle. 
This muscle is divided into four hollow chambers that contain blood. The heart is a pump. As it contracts, it forces blood through a network of tubes called the blood vessels, and it spreads throughout the whole body. The heart pumps the same blood around and around, which is why the heart and the blood vessels are called the circulatory system. So there are four chambers within the human heart. They're the left and right atrium and the left and right ventricle. So let's look at these chambers under the light of Holy Spirit and see what he's saying. So he showed me when I had this experience and I began to go into his presence more to see what he was saying, that there are four chambers prophetically in his heart, just like there are four chambers in the human heart. The four chambers in God's heart are the chamber of purity, the bridal chamber, the king's chamber, and the banqueting chamber. We're going to go into the first two today. So the chamber of purity. Okay, so back to the human heart. Deoxygenated blood enters the right atrium of the heart through the superior and inferior vena cava. This is the first chamber that the blood enters into when entering the heart. So the deoxygenated blood is symbolic of us needing to be cleansed and purified from our sins. So the very first chamber is purity, is repenting of our sins as we walk in God's heart day by day. As we saw in the introduction that I just gave you, the Word of God tells us we need clean hands and a pure heart in order to come into the intimate, secret, holy place of God, which is Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. So now let's look at Esther and her journey into the heart of a king. Esther 2.8 says, So it came to pass, when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when the maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought into the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. So the first place that Esther was brought to was Shushan, the palace of the king. Now the word Shushan in Hebrew means white lily. And the lily is mentioned eight times in the Song of Solomon. And it's used to describe the pure love between Solomon and his bride which is symbolic of us in our King, Jesus, the pure love between us. Therefore, the first chamber we experience in the heart of God is the place of purity and intimate love. So the Hebrew word for keeper, where it says, Haggai, the keeper of the women, you're going to love this. Now listen, the word for keeper means to hedge with thorns, to guard, to protect, it's also the same word used to translate to the word watchmen. So watchmen were usually stationed on high walls and their responsibility was to sound a warning if an enemy approached. This is exactly what Jesus has provided for us. As a hedge of thorns would keep intruders out, protecting and guarding that which is in the middle of the thorns, even so, the Lord will keep and protect us from the enemy of our souls. 
That is beautiful. And as we know, we've all heard the call through Apostle Jennifer with the uh, the end time watchman. So this is really uh, relevant for right now for what God is speaking to us. So we give God praise that he is raising us up. And I see this as Jesus is our protector. And, um, but I see us as being watchmen, like it said, to hedge with thorns, to guard, to protect in our prayers over our cities and states and nation and, and, um, ministries and homes that God is raising us up to be a keeper, a watchman over these areas. So as the blood enters the right atrium, it, in the human heart, then it goes to the right ventricle where it is pushed out through the pulmonary valve into the arteries leading to the lungs, where the carbon dioxide is removed and the blood receives oxygen. So carbon dioxide is a gas that's always present in your body. I mean, in your blood. And your blood is in your body, okay? So it's present in your blood. It is the waste product generated as your body uses up oxygen, and it is expelled from the lungs when you exhale. At normal lever, <laughs> levels, its presence has no measurable adverse effects on you. But if your breathing is compromised or you are exposed to large amounts of this gas, you can experience a wide range of side effects, some of which include permanent injury and death. So from this study, we see once again that the carbon dioxide is symbolic of sin in our lives. It is through the presence of Holy Spirit, that we receive the power, the very breath of God, our spiritual oxygen to overcome sin. If the carbon dioxide is not removed from our lives, we won't be able to experience the fullness of the heart of God. And just like it would bring toxins into your body if it remained, it remained in your blood, even so, you know, the wages of sin is death. <clears throat> so we have got to just live a lifestyle of repentance day by day. And what is so beautiful is when you do live in the heart of God, Holy Spirit is so close to you. He will let you know you, you will be checked by him. You will have that in your spirit to say, God, forgive me. I repent of these sins or this sin. And you come right back into the flow of God's heart. So in Esther, this is what it says in verse 9, chapter 2, verse 9. And the maiden pleased Haggai and obtained favor. And he speedily gave her, number one, the things for her purification, and number two, her portion of food, and the seven chosen maidens to the best apartment in the harem. So our personal chamberlain is Haggai was a chamberlain for the king. He was the eunuch whose job was to protect the king's wives. So he is our personal chamberlain, shadow and top of Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit's job is to help protect and prepare the bride of Christ, just as Haggai prepared Esther. Do you see that? Holy Spirit will, is preparing the bride of Christ for the return of Jesus. So this is a beautiful chamber. It's the bridal chamber where we come close to the Lord and become prepared. Just as Esther, please, Haggai, we want to please Holy Spirit. 
And, you know, we know that we can grieve him because Ephesians 4.30 says that let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So as we can see what grieves Holy Spirit is corrupt, which means rotten or put uh, putrefied words that you speak, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking, which is speaking in speech that injures, that injures another's good name or slander. Therefore, how do we please Holy Spirit? By watching what comes out of our mouth, by making sure that we're walking in love towards others, being kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. So all we have to do is live a repentant life. Each and every day, examining our hearts and motives in the light of Jesus and his word and Holy Spirit. And then Holy Spirit will give us the following things. The things for our purification. So Esther 2.12 says, After the regulations for the women have been carried out for 12 months, since this is the regular period for their beauty treatments, six months with the oil of myrrh, six months with sweet spices and perfumes and the things for purifying of the women. So 12 is the number of divine government, power, rule, and authority. What we experience in the bridal chamber will prepare us to understand and operate in the divine kingdom authority that Jesus gives us. So the first treatment is the oil of myrrh. And the word for myrrh means to make bitter. Therefore, the first six months is symbolic of our flesh being dealt with, with, with that which is bitter. And you know what that is? That's the narrow way. Because Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, narrow and difficult is the way that leads to life. So that is... Holy Spirit will bring us into this narrow way and begin to deal with us with these things, which is this myrrh, which is beautiful because you're going to see what happens next. When we yield to Holy Spirit and his power, we're able to put to death the deeds of our body. Romans 8, 13 says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. In Galatians 5, 16 and Verse 24 says, walk in the spirit. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So there we go with the oil of myrrh. Ha ha. The next six months represents a time when you're going to be anointed with sweet spices and perfumes. And y'all are like, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus, that we're through the six months of myrrh. But guess what? <laughs> It's always, the myrrh is always being applied. As we continue to walk daily, dying to ourselves, the myrrh is always being applied by Holy Spirit, which I say praise God to. But I do like the sweet spices and I do like the perfumes. So when these come, these sweet spices and perfumes, it's, it's an anointing. Because listen to this, these sweet spices and perfumes come from the balsam plant and they were used to make the holy anointing oil. So these sweet spices and perfumes represent our worship.
which is the wind of the Spirit blowing upon our hearts, and worship will come out. This intimate worship is a sweet aroma to the Lord, and an anointing comes upon us as we enter the presence of the Lord. In Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 10 and 16 says, How fair is your love, my sister, my spouse. How much better than wine is your love, and the scent of your perfumes than all spices. Awake, O north wind, come, O south, blow upon my garden that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits. So as Romans 8.13 tells us, we offer our lives as a living sacrifice in worship. So there's this fragrance that's upon the one who gives themselves to the Lord in this type of surrender. So this is the first part of the of the bridal chamber. And I need to hold off because my time is up for sharing the rest of this word. I will, next time I, I'm with you, I will finish this teach part on the bridal chamber and I'll go into the king's chamber and the banqueting chamber. I just pray that this has touched you, that your heart has been ministered to as you realize that we can live in the heart of God. And just remember, we want to touch God's heart just like David did through doing his will. And becoming that person, that man and woman of prayer and worship and even being a warrior for the king. So I just love y'all. I ask that you just uh, keep this in your, in your heart, that you are living in his heart. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Wow. Pastor Joy just continues to bring it. She is a woman of God who is just in tune with the Holy Spirit. Amazing. If you're in Birmingham, Alabama, make sure you go over to AHOP Birmingham. Worship with her. It's amazing. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you help us, Lord, to be a people who know how to touch your heart, to lean on your chest like John the Beloved, to hear your heartbeat, to be in tune with what you're saying, what you're doing in the earth, in us. Lord, help us pray from your heart. Prayers that touch your heart. Prayers that move your heart. Lord, make us a people of one thing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Remember, Awakening Prayer Hubs is storming the nations with prayer and intercession. Make sure you join up with us. Find a hub, launch a hub, sponsor a hub at awakeningprayerhubs.com.